That'll make a backslidden Episcopalian want to shout, amen? Praise the Lord. Come on. Hmm. I don't know if you know it or not, but I tell you, these guys who run all the sound and the lights and the videos and the musicians, and, and they're scooting out now to Mason Creek and then scooting back here, they're, they're, they're putting in some uh, stressful hours and they're doing a marvelous job. And I appreciate them so much. I thought that place had come on, on fire there the other day. Tommy was playing them drums wherever he is. And, oh, whoo, we ain't used to that out of here. It was good. Well, I want to talk this morning for a few moments on speaking the truth in love. We finish up the book of 1 Kings. Well, actually, I'm going to preach on that. No, I'm not going to be here Wednesday night. No, we're finishing up the book of 1 Kings this morning. I can always drag something out, but... Uh, but, but I'll be in Branson on, Monday, on Wednesday night. Uh, so I won't be here. Amen? Uh, don't get so excited about that. Who's hollering amen out there? Uh, you're going to be in Branson too. Okay. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 22. As we talk about speaking the truth in love, I remember the story about the two old men in church that were just cantankerous. Uh, they were members of the church, but they, they, they drank. They were, it, it, it was just bad. I mean, their lives were bad. And, uh, but they were very wealthy. And uh, one of the old men died. And his brother came to the pastor and said, Look, if you can preach my sermon. And the, the pastor already thought, I ain't preaching this sermon. I ain't going to do it. The pastor said, the old man said, if you preach my brother's sermon, funeral, and tell people that he's a saint, <laughs> I'll give you $1,000. Now, truth or $1,000? Uh, and he worried with that, but he, he needed the $1,000. Uh, he, he didn't get paid very well, and so he said, all right, I'll do it. Everybody in town showed up that day. I mean, they shut those grocery stores down. They shut everything down because everybody already knew what the preacher had to do, and they were all waiting to hear what he said. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. That preacher got up and said, uh, this old boy here was a crook. He was a thief. He was a drunk, but compared to his brother over here, he's a saint. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's how you speak the truth in love. Amen. <laughs> Look, if you, if you will, at the beginning in verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 22. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? The Bible says they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours? And we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. 
And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. And then the king of Israel gathered his prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, is, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither, Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Zedekiah, the son of Chenina, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, with these shalt thou push the Syrians until they've consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, listen here, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. We're all in unity. Let your word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them. Speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. Father, thank you today. Lord, we've been encouraged to pray, and oh, how we need to. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, break our hearts for the condition of our world and our society today. Break our hearts for the condition of our schools and our homes and our churches today. Break our hearts, Lord Jesus, for the condition of so many who are lost and, and they're going to spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. Lord, may we be mindful of that as we're rejoicing and giving thanks. Oh God, Remind us of the burden for every child of God that we be a witness, that we honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Have your way today in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, the kingdom is divided. There's 12 tribes of Israel. Ten of them have make up the northern kingdom. Uh, two of them make up the southern kingdom. In the northern kingdom, you'll go through the Bible and you'll find that there was not one, not one, over hundreds of years that did right in the sight of God. Every one of them in the northern kingdom did evil in the sight of God. And when you go through and you look at them as they introduce the king, they'll say, uh, the king so-and-so, and he did evil in the sight of God. Or the king so-and-so, he did good in the sight of God. When you go to the southern kingdom, there's some scattered ones. There's some good ones, and there's some bad ones. It's kind of iffy-iffy on each way. Jehoshaphat is a good king. He did what was good in the sight of God. It reminds us 
today of this story here, that even though we're working for God and serving God and trying to honor God, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves on the other side of the, of the fence. And that's exactly what happens to Jehoshaphat. Uh, and the real truth is, uh, there's really no in-between. I mean, you're either serving God the right or you're serving Satan and the world in the wrong. But it, when you're trying to, to, to walk that fence, I'm telling you, there's no in-between. There's no in-between. And so Ahab is over the northern kingdom. He led the people of Israel to worship Baal. He led the people of Israel to create false idols and build altars to false idols. He, he led them away from the God who had delivered them from Egypt and their forefathers. The one true God, the sovereign God, the all-powerful God, the God that had redeemed them, the God that had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, the God who created heaven and earth, he led them away from that God to worship Baal and false gods, to deny God, to betray the law, to live according to their own way. We get to live at whatever is relevant for us. We live our own way. And so Ahab in the north, Jehoshaphat in the south, all the stuff that's displeasing God, all the stuff that dishonors God, yet there shows up a man of God. His name is Micaiah. He's not real popular. He's not real prestigious. But he's still the man of God. And he's faced with a decision here in 1 Kings 22. He can either merge and go along with Jehoshaphat and Ahab and the 400 preachers. Or he can stand on the word of God. Now that's not as easy as you think. You see, when you say you're going to merge and go along with them, what you're saying is, is you're going to allow circumstances to dictate how you serve the Lord. We've got to be careful. I see people all the time. I don't understand it. I had not figured it out in my mind yet, but my mind's not very good. I find people who are going through troubles in their families, who are having problems at jobs, who are having problems relationship-wise, and they want to just leave the house of the Lord. And I'm thinking, this is where you ought to be. Th these are the people here. Now, not everybody. We got a couple of know-it-alls in this place. Don't make me call you out. I saw a couple punch right there already. But as a whole... This is the place where you're going to be accepted for who you are. You're going to be prayed for. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be exhorted with the Word of God. Why wouldn't you want that when you were headed down the valley? He's all alone. Nobody going to fall back with him. Nobody to back him up. Him versus everybody else. Everywhere I go, people say, why don't preachers just give us the sermon in a nutshell? We don't do that because you wouldn't pay us. I've got to drag this thing out. But if you want this whole sermon in a nutshell, you look at verse 14. 
And Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth. Now, can we just pause there? Can everybody in this group agree that the Lord lives? And that he has lived? And that he is living? And that he always will live? He said, as the Lord liveth. We know you can't silence God. You're not going to knock him down. He's going to live for all of eternity. As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. That's the whole thing in a nutshell right there. Now, let's leave 1 Kings 22. And let's go to November 2021. Mm. The names are different, but the scenarios are the same. <laughs> I, have, I have preachers uh, every week. you got to help me find a church. I said, look, you don't need another church. The other church has just as many problems as yours. They just have different last names. <laughs> you already know the last names. It's kind of like buying a used car. Don't sell your used car that you know what's wrong with to buy somebody else's used car that he's lying to you, and you're going to find out more wrong with it. Hmm. Just last week, not far from here, pastor was arrested for prostitution on Saturday night, led the prayer service on Sunday morning. You say, what kind of, hey, <laughs> we're living in days that I've never, I've never experienced before. I've never experienced it. Uh, Prosperity-driven gospel, send me your money, and you'll be blessed a hundredfold of the Lord. Churches with no conviction, no holiness, no faithfulness to family, no sacrificial living, no singleness of the gospel. We're, we're living a life that is governed by the culture rather than governed by the Word of God. And then those people got bigger churches than we got, and they got nicer homes than I live in, and they're driving better cars than I ever dreamed of having. I mean, we're, we're trying to raise $40,000 next week to pave a parking lot to try to keep some of you old people from getting killed out here on this loop. Every Sunday morning, my, I hear tires squealing. When you goose it out here, shoot it and go. <laughs> at, least, at least they'll hit you at 50, you know, instead of just at 20. We're trying to raise 40000 to do a parking lot to make it safer. And there are churches that are trying to raise $100 million just because they like new facilities. I, 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 I'm driving a Ford pickup that I owe $30,000 on that I pay every month on. And there are other preachers who are raising $54 million to buy them another airplane. And you say, what's wrong with all of this? There's nothing wrong with having things. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, when you get them in the wrong way, that's something wrong with that. And I guess probably I see these preachers who think they're untouchable. They won't answer a phone call. They won't come to their door. You've got to make an appointment, and then they won't see you then. And they, they surround with their entourage. I see them, and I, I go to these meetings. They, they got their entourage. They walk in. They come up, and they preach, and they turn around, and they walk off on the side door. They don't say hi, bye, kiss my grits, or anything else. They're just gone. And while they're doing that, 
and their churches seem to be prospering, families are falling apart. Churches have no power, no holiness, no standards. People come into church, look like they've been on a three-day drunk. And the lost people come and hoping to find something, and they can't find salvation there. No, you'd, you'd have to be brain dead to know that our world has not moved farther to the left year after year after year. It used to be like every five years, some bomb sheltering thing would come out. and Oh, good grief. Then it got to where it was every year. But I'm telling you, the last couple of years, it's about every day. I mean, we, we're not moving by the year now. We're moving by the day and by the hour. I graduated high school in 1972. And we all, those of us who had pickups, had guns in the back of them. Some of y'all the same way. Nobody ever locked your pickup up. Our kids today, these young people, this, the junior hires up here, you can spot them. They've got on those purple shirts. Uh, and uh, they've been on a retreat this week. Uh, our young people are facing things today that we never dreamed about facing. I mean, you know, the only thing to really do anything when we were back there was you'd, somebody would go out and get drunk, and then they'd get sobered up enough to come to church the next day. But now, one of you kids can take one tablet, and your brain's fried forever. And you know what else we've done to these kids? We've made sin so popular that every one of them are faced with this thing of either to merge or to stand on the Word of God. And maybe you're so old that you don't remember how hormones are when they're 16, 17, and 18. Maybe you need to read a little bit about it. I'm telling you, we need to pray for our children and our young people desperately in this life we're in a society that calls evil good and calls good evil we're in a society that when you come out of the closet today you're applauded now i'm not going to tell you that when i went to high school we didn't have any gay people but we didn't have any who professed it that was a hidden thing. Now, we come out, give them a microphone. We want to hear these kind of testimonies. We're bombarded on television by it all the time. We want to defund the police. We want to go against this. We want, I could sit here and name names, but I'll make you mad. So I'll just tell you, we're in a society that is against everything that this book stands for. And if we sit and arrogantly do nothing, there's going to come a day when it's going to overcome us. Now, it may overcome us anyway. I'm looking for the Lord to come before then. And that's what I'm praying for. But I want to tell you, after praying and after studying and going through the book of 1 Kings, one of the greatest problems we face in our church today is finding real men of God who will stand and teach and preach the Word of God. Brother Case quoted last Sunday night. I know there's a couple of y'all wasn't here. 
51% of preachers, did I get that right? 51% of preachers believe this Bible is the inerrant Word of God. That means 49% of them don't. Hmm? That's this year. We'll redo that thing next year and it'll, it'll go more. It'll go more. What, what is a man of God? I mean, I, if you want to know what burns me up more than anything, it's, it's some of our dear senior adults. Because I watch them live in government housing on a little old social security check that wouldn't buy my Coca-Colas and ding-dongs. <laughs> and I watch them send that money off to people that are doing nothing but abusing that money. Living in million-dollar houses. What, 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 what are we looking for? Are we... Oh, are, are we coming to church to be emotionalized? Are we, I mean, are we, are, we going, are we looking for a church that's got red, blue, green lights? We got all those. We just don't flicker them. And there may be a deal one time when we're, you know, have, you know we may flicker them one Sunday night just to see if they work. <laughs> we, we, we don't have no smoke machines. We'll rent them when we need them, but we don't have them. Who should you listen to on television? Who should you listen to on the radio? How do I distinguish a man of God? Is it the, the choir that jams and raps? Or is it the smoke machines or the message of prosperity? Is it the one who makes me feel good? If you're going to look for a man of God in 2021, we need to go right back to the 14th verse of 1 Kings chapter 22 because Micaiah is that man. Micaiah is in the middle of King Jehoshaphat and all of his pomp and circumstance and King Ahab and all of his pomp and circumstance. And there's 400 preachers that have all agreed. And he's sitting here in the middle of it in an adverse society that can have him killed at any moment and later do. Oh, put him in jail. You got to go back and say, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord says to me, I'll speak. That's it. Now, uh, Ahab got all his prophets together, and uh, there's 400 of them there. <laughs> Jehoshaphat is, I'm telling you, he's out of the will of God, but he has a little sense left. When you find a place where 400 preachers all agree, Son, you better grab your pocketbook because if they'll lie, they'll steal. <laughs> 400 preachers all agree. And they say, look, everybody's already settled. You're the only church in town that's making this a big matter. So why don't you smooth it over and make it 401? And let's all agree. As the Lord liveth. As he speaketh, I'll speak. Now, I want to give you five points. I had three, but I read a sermon this week from Dr. Adrian Rogers. 
and he had five. And so I stole his five. <laughs> now, the sermon's not his, but these five points are his, let me tell you, right up front. And it, he won't mind. If you, don't, if you get mad at Dr. Rogers, you got to go to heaven to see him. He's already there. Point number one is this. It is better to be divided by truth than to be united in error. Hmm. You got to be careful here. Because I want to tell you the truth is, this church, 18 years ago, with 50 people in it, we had some rough times. But when we decided we were going to be one church together in unity, and God began to bless, what you see here today is a result of the unity of this church. Now, there's always a couple of crackpots. But I have to be careful about that. I mean, how many times have I heard preachers say, we don't have to do it around here because you may all prove me lying next week with the budget, but usually, you know, it's 99.9%. Everybody's in favor. And I just kind of do what Dr. Criswell usually says. All those in favor say aye, and they just say, and that's all of us. And we just move on. Amen? But how many times have I heard preachers say, well, the, the vote was 70%, so we're hoping those 30% will go ahead and join us. Well, the vote here is 400 to zero. And we're hoping one old, crusted, outcast preacher will get right with God and vote with us. But he didn't. Ephesians 4.3 tells us that we need to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. The book of Psalms tells us, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We need to be in unity. But let me tell you what another verse says. Amos 3.3, 3, Can two walk together except they be agreed? So there's a fine line. How do you know what God says is okay and what God says is not okay. And this comes from Dr. Adrian Rogers. Mm. And I put it to the test this week. It doesn't just work when we're dealing with 1 Kings 22. It works in every situation of life. Young people, it works in your situations, every one of you. Every one of you. Look up here at me. All right. I'm talking to you. It works in all of your situations of life. You say, what is it? How can you tell me what is from God and what's not of God? Here's what Adrian Rogers says. You know whether it's of God or not if the Holy Spirit can say amen to it. Woo! Whew. That works everywhere. Can the Holy Spirit say amen to where you were last night? Can the Holy Spirit say amen to your activities this week? I wonder, if you look at verse 2, this thing gets more, I don't have time. Well, I just take time. Uh, if you look at verse 2, the Bible says it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came, what's that next word? Down. Down. Now, that can be used geographically. But it can also be used with Jonah when he went down and he went down 
and he went down in the ship. It's the same thing here. Jehoshaphat's a man of God. Why in the world is he going down to have a meeting with a guy who hates God? Hmm? I wonder if anybody here has ever started going down. It gets worse. Look at verse 4. He said to Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, <laughs> This king who loves God is saying to this king who's led them astray to serve idols, that hates God, that has defied God, and this is what he says to that king. He says, I am as thou art. Really? My people as thy people. My horses as thy horses. And you can go ahead and throw in there, mi casa es su casa. Everything I got, everything God's blessed me with, I'm turning it over to the world. I'm turning it over to the ungodly because as you are, we are too. We're all Americans. Most of us in this room are. We need to stick together. We got to love other people. We love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went down. Why would you go down to somebody that don't even worship God. Young people, you better listen to me. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked. If it says, Be not unequally yoked, and that's exactly what they're doing here. It doesn't just work for young people. It works for business adventures. It works for families together. It works for uh, churches together. It, it, there is no reason to be unequally yoked with people in the world. Our only goal to re is to reach those people for Jesus. I'm not telling you be outcast to them. No, you love them. You, you receive them. You welcome them. But you don't give everything God's given to you so that they can live like the world. Young man, young lady, if you know, it's right here in the Bible now. And we believe the Bible, Amen that we're not to be unequally yoked. My question is, why in the world would you even look at somebody or date somebody that was not saved? Because you've got to remember the devil's got power. He can deceive you. He'll lie to you. I thank God. We've got some, one girl this morning was baptized and saved. Praise the Lord for that. But I'm telling you, you listen to me. When you get unequally yoked and, and you love the Lord and somebody you're going to marry don't love the Lord, it may not be next year, it may not be the next year, but it will come up and there will be major problems. Let me hurry on. Number two. I, let me touch this just a minute. Because everybody wants to believe that Jesus is the great unifier. Amen? Amen? What a friend we have in Jesus. Grounds level at the cross. It's all Jesus. Well, these are the words of Jesus in Matthew 10, 34. Think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set at variance 
set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Listen, Jesus is the great unifier. Amen? If the Holy Spirit can say amen. But he's also the great divider. If the Holy Spirit can't say amen, you're going to be blessed to get out of it. Second thing, it's better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals than it is to tell a lie that comforts and then kills. If you ever watched Dr. Adrian Rogers, he made up these things are just, hmm, man. The truth that hurts, but then heals against a lie that comforts and then kills. Mm. 400 men told Ahab and Jehoshaphat a lie because mm. that's what they wanted to hear. We're hearing those same things. Ecclesiastes 7.5 says it's better to hear the rebuke of a wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. You go to church growth conferences today, we get invitations, there, there are hundreds of them. There used to be just four or five, you know, but you, we get invitations all the time. They'll tell you, do not, whatever you do, don't you preach on judgment. Don't preach on hell, don't preach on separation, don't preach on all these things, because if you do, this modern generation is going to say, we don't want no part of that, and they're going to, they're going to not come. So what we're supposed to do is tell them a lie that will comfort them and will end up killing them and sending them to hell. Mm. Becky and I had been married, I don't know, maybe a month. I got drafted into carrying a truck full of bunk beds to a youth camp in Arkansas. And I had it all mapped out. Of course, there's no such thing as a, uh, a GPS or anything like that. You know, I, I knew the roads and everything where I was going. Well, I, I kept driving, and I kept driving. We left Shreveport, and we went to Texarkana, and we went on up north, and they got to Little Rock, and I took on the road, you know, Interstate 40. I kind of got worried when I, when I saw a sign that said Memphis, 25 miles. I thought, whoa, I'm not supposed to be over here. And in Arkansas, like Louisiana, they're not good like Texas. I mean, the Texas guy will sit right there with his lights on on the road to nail you. Those Arkansas cops will get behind a bush. Amen? Louisiana's worse than Arkansas. Anyway, I saw a highway patrolman, state trooper. I stopped. I'm in a U-Haul truck with two other guys. I'm driving. I pedaled to the metal. And I said, look, we're, we're trying to go here. You know what he told me? He had the gall to tell me I was on the wrong road <laughs> and that I was going the wrong direction and that I was way away from where I needed to be. This is 2, 2.30 in the morning. That's not what I wanted to hear. Now, let me ask you something. Should I have gotten mad at that patrolman? 
I mean, why didn't he just say, look, you drive on down to Memphis. You'll be comforted. Memphis has got some good eating places and all. Just keep on the path you're on, and eventually you'll wind around and come back. No. I took the wrong road out of Little Rock. And instead of going over this way, I went this way. And I'm way yonder. But I want to tell you, I thank God he told me I was on the wrong road when he did. I might have been in Nashville before dark, before daylight. I'm telling you this morning, we have to do it in love. I'm not telling you to be hateful. It's not a popular message. It's not a popular message today that you need the Savior. If you're here this morning without Jesus Christ, you need to be told that you are living in your sin. You need to repent of that. And you need to know that there are sinners that are under the wrath of a righteous and holy God. And the only way to be saved is to come to the cross through the blood of Jesus and be saved. You need to be told that. That's not popular. But it's the truth. And if you'll do it, it will heal you. Now, I can get up here and say, you know, you know, there's no, mm, mm, these Calvinists about drive me crazy. There's no way to invite Jesus into your heart. I thought, have y'all ever read Romans 10, 9, and 10? What, what do you mean? You don't invite him into your heart. You invite him everywhere, your whole life, everywhere. Micaiah refused to be bought. Don't be rude. You've got to be loving. We've got to be warm. We've got to be friendly. Got to have a servant attitude. I don't care who it is. They ought to be welcome in this place. But I just tell you the truth. You're not going to teach our children and our young people if you're not lined up with the Word of God. Not going to happen. Let me give you number three. I've got to hurry. It's better to be hated for telling the truth than to be loved for telling a lie. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there's one man, but I'll tell you what, I hate him. Mm. Paul said it to the Galatians this way. He said, he asked him this question. He said, am I therefore your enemy because I tell you the truth? I, I got to looking in the Bible for people that were loved. <laughs> I didn't find any. Now, they were loved at times, but, but I didn't find any. I saw Abel was killed by his own brother. Noah was, he was so hated. He had seven converts over 120 years. You're talking about hating a preacher. Joseph sold into slavery. Moses hated and ridiculed. Elijah was chased. He thought he was the only prophet left. And this is my favorite one. You young people better listen to this. Elisha was called a bald head. Now you look that up before tonight and see what happened to them people. Amen. Isaiah preached to deaf ears. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. Daniel put in the lion's den. Hebrew children, David, Peter, Stephen, Paul, John, James, and then Jesus. But it's better to be hated for telling the truth than to be loved for telling a lie. Number four, it's better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with the multitude. As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. In other words, he said, I'm not going to make it unanimous. 
I don't care what 400 preachers say. I care what God says. You know the majority is almost always wrong. When you, you just start looking at what the majority does, it's a, I'll go one further. The majority in this church is usually wrong. See, the majority of you are not going to come back tonight. Well, you're wrong. And you're sure not going to come back Wednesday night. You're wrong. Hey, it's, it's not a matter. Mm. We, we're, we're just told that if we don't put our arms around everybody and let everybody live any way you want to live, then we're hateful bigots. And I want to tell you the truth according to the Word of God. If I have it halfway understood, we love people because we do tell them the truth. In love, in honesty, Noah stood alone when he preached. Elijah stood alone with 450 prophets of Baal. Amos stood alone in the courtroom at Bethel. They tried to soften old Micaiah up. <laughs> I remember the first city council meeting I went to. <clears throat> They said, uh, I was going to open in prayer. And they said, you're not going to say in Jesus' name, are you? Well, that's the only way I know to pray. Well, we, we you know, no one else usually do that. They just kind of, I said, well, then get somebody else to pray. I'll just kind of slip out. No, 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 you can say that. But we just don't usually do that. You don't usually do that because there's folk here that believe there's more than one way to go to heaven. And I'm telling you, they're wrong. It's not a matter of being right or left. It's not a matter of drawing a line and saying, I'm conservative and this group is liberal. If it, there, there are liberal people in this church building today. Not bad, bad liberal. You're not going to sit here and listen to somebody rant and rave very long. I mean, you may have wandered here off the street and you're saying, dear God, let me get out of here and I'll never be back. But if you drew the line and said, well, now this group over here is liberal. We're going to get rid of Y'all all got to go home. We don't want you in our church. You're all liberal. By tomorrow morning, this group here would have moved over and now they're liberal. You don't draw the line between right and left. Because wherever you draw the line, that's where you get in trouble. You draw the line with the Word of God. What the Word of God says is the plumb line. And it's not to the left, and it's not to the right. It's right down the middle. It's a plumb line. That's what the Word of God is. Let me close. It's better to ultimately succeed with the truth than to temporarily succeed with a lie be a whole lot easier be a lot easier if old Micaiah would have just said you know I'm tired of fighting this battle I mean you know they're going they're going to nickel and dime me they're going to crucify me they're going to talk bad about my family they're going to it's going to be just a mess look I'm just going to go with the flow I don't have time this morning to preach I wish I did don't say come on there too many times. But in verse 34, a certain man drew a bow at a venture, 
smote the king of Israel. Now, I, I, I wish I had time. Oh, Ahab said, I tell you what, let's do. Jehoshaphat, you, you dress up like the king. Man, you look like the king. I, I want to give that to you. And I'm going to dress up just like an old army person. And all that was uh, so that they would all emphasize where Jehoshaphat was so they'd kill him. And yet that's not the way it worked out. Smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness, wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand, carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. The tragic battle for Ahab. He dies because he would not listen to the man of God. I want to tell you, uh, you cannot listen to me if you want to, but I think when you get to that place called hell because you turned it down, you're going to hear my voice over and over and over pleading with you. I want to be the kind of church that literally people may go to hell around us, but they're going to have to crawl over us and knock us down because we're praying for them and encouraging them to come to Christ. Let me just close and I'm through. My wife told me to slow down. I'm on them painkillers, them uh, muscle relaxers. No telling what I'm going to say. So I wrote it down. <laughs> if you want to be gay, there are churches all over this area that have gay pastors, women pastors, and they'll welcome you, and you can serve there, and you can be faithful there. If you want to do drugs, there are churches where pastors are doing drugs, and they'll, they'll welcome you right in, and you can have a part of their service, and you can do it. If you want to shack up and be, have a twisted marriage, there are pastors who have twisted marriages, and they'll welcome you to their church, and you can have a twisted marriage just like they got. If you want to dress like the devil, there are pastors who are dressing like the devil today because they feel like that's the only way they're going to reach this modern crowd. But what they're reaching them with is going to send them to hell. I say all that to say this. You say, preacher, how do you know? How do you know that all those people are wrong? Because I read the end of the book. I read the book. This is the only book that counts. And I read the book. And I'm asking you today, you came here. Maybe you're starting to go down. And maybe today God said, look, this is, this is not right. My, your spirit's not bearing witness. You love the Lord and you, and you want to serve the Lord, but you're headed down a wrong road. And somebody needs to tell you the truth. Say, hey, you, you, you've got to get back. You've got to turn around. Maybe today you're needing a church home. This is not a perfect church, but I believe you'll find it to be a church that's going to stand on the Word of God. And our teachers are, and I think I'm preaching, teach, teaching the whole staff. Uh, they're, they're going to stand on the Word of God. I appreciate Brother Aaron this week. He had one service all planned for this morning. God wouldn't give him peace, changed in the middle. As the Lord liveth, as God speaks, I'll speak. That's our commitment to you. Father, thank you again.
for letting us just have this service. Lord, there are folks here that need you. They need to be saved. I wish there was some more eloquent way that I could have preached and gotten through to them. But I realize ultimately that it is not up to me. But your Holy Spirit can touch people where they are this morning. Oh God, may your spirit fall fresh on this place. May you touch those that need revival. Touch those that have decisions they're making. Touch those that are going down the wrong road. Touch those that have grown cold and backed off from serving you. Oh God, help us to stand on the word of God. (laughs) And we're going to praise you. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? You come on right now. Altars are open. Come on.
again to the light. Master, thou callest, this I reply, ready and willing, Lord, here am I. Master, thou callest, I gladly And I'll find thy way. Teach me the mission appointed for me. What is my labor and where it shall be? Master, thou callest. This I reply, ready and willing, Lord, here am I. Well said, amen. amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, I know I went over today. I'm so sorry. Uh, if you come Wednesday night, I'll give that back to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and nobody needs to know that. <laughs> All right. Hey, let me just keep us on the same page. Tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, we're at Hallsville High School. Our staff and several of you others have prepared everything. It's beautiful. It's all set up, decorated, uh, bring food. The church is furnishing the dressing. And we're having fried chicken with cowboy chicken rotisserie and barbecue sausages and and then the ham and it's not the cheap ham it's the good ham uh, so I'm just telling you right now it's gonna be good so don't miss it tonight the school is going to be singing and, uh, and and quoting some scripture tonight and then it'll just be a time of fellowship and a great time together so tonight Hallsville six o'clock uh, meet us there. Prayer room is uh, uh, still open, and uh, Brother Rob is here. We've got people signing up. Uh, I encourage you. You know, uh, there, there's, you get in this habit and routine, uh, or I do. Uh, if you don't get in a habit of doing something, uh, you end up not doing it. If you'll say, look, God, what's the best one hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour that I can come to this church and pray? And God says, Tuesday at 2 o'clock. You say, mm, I, I don't know if I'll remember it. We'll send you a reminder. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can all the time. Well, you could sometime. Uh, so sign up for prayer. I'm just telling you, in these days that we're living in, in these last days, we're going to find that the greatest ministry this church has is right over here in this room, right here. You're going to find that. So be a part of that. Sign up today in the foyer. Uh, next Sunday night is the Lord's Supper service. We do things a little different from some. Uh, we, we try not to tag on to services. Uh, it'll be a special Lord's Supper. Uh, so 
<clears throat> Sunday night at 6 o'clock right here. Lord's Supper, all campuses meet together. After that, we'll have a town hall meeting. We'll tag that on to the Lord's Supper. Uh, and uh, uh, it'll, they'll propose the new 2022 budget for you. So you can ask questions, uh, get all your answers, then go out to the parking lot, light up a cigarette, get some coffee, and, and figure out what the real answers you want are out there. And then, and then uh, you just, just, uh, just be here, all right? You need to be here for that. Now, next Sunday morning, man, it's going to be good. Next Sunday morning, Dr. Don Witt's going to be here at all three services. He'll be at uh, 8.15, 9.30, and 10.45. I do not have the gift of evangelism. If you can, I mean, I, I, I'll preach. My invitations are usually a dud. I mean, they just, here it is. But Don Witt has a gift of evangelism. And I'm telling you, if you've got lost family or lost friends and you get them here, there'll be a, I promise you, there'll be a 90% chance they'll walk out of this building saved. He has the gift of evangelism. So next Sunday is Harvest Sunday. Bring someone with you. It's going to be a glorious time together. And then we're also going to do the chest of Joash. Some of you are new and you don't know what that is. We put a chest down here. And instead of the offering coming around to you, everybody here comes around to the offering. And uh, our tithes and offering and then the extra offering is a chest of Joash that's going to uh, pave the back parking lot. I realize we're trying to pay off a children's building, but I'm just telling you, I've heard the tires squeal one too many times out here in front. We need to get that thing fixed uh, where you can drive out of it and be on pavement and, and get out here in an easy way. So pray about what God wants you to do. It's never been about equal uh, giving. It's always been equal sacrifice. Some of you in this building this day could write a check for the $40,000 and, you know, I don't want you to do that, but... Uh, well, I'm lying. I guess I would, but, <laughs> but that's not the case. That's not the deal. The deal is it's not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And I want to tell you, according to the Word of God, God can take a little lady on Social Security that's got one dollar left, and that's it. And He can use that one dollar more than the mightiest of riches. So it's not about the. It's about being participating together. We're a church together, unanimous. So be a part of that. It's going to be a glorious time. All right? That's all I have. All right. Let's meet some wonderful people. Nathaniel and Lucetta. Lucetta? Lucetta. Lucetta. Okay. I like that. I've never heard that name. That's good. Nathaniel and Lucetta Hall uh, from Hallsville here. They're coming uh, they've been saved and they've been baptized and want to be a part of the church by statement. How do you receive them? All right. Praise the Lord. And then we've got Barry and Patty Higginbotham. And they come this morning uh, from uh, uh, a, a sister church. Uh, and they've been saved and baptized and want to be a part of Woodland Hills. How do you receive them? All right. Praise the Lord. And then we've got Jennifer and Kaylin. This is Kaylin, okay. And Kaylin comes this morning, 
and she's been saved and wants to follow the Lord in baptism and profess that. Amen? What a big decision. Yeah, amen. All right. I want you to come by and give them the right hand. Davis, would you and Tammy come stand with these so they won't be alone here? Uh, and, uh, and, and you come by and give them the right hand Christian fellowship. Don't forget tonight, all right? Uh, it's going to be good. You don't want to miss it. Stand with us as we get ready to leave this place in a good spirit. You're only 24 minutes late. I love to tell the story. Will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Brother Clark, Brother Clark, do you feel like praying this morning? Isn't it great to have Brother Clark with us this morning? Praise the Lord. Pray for us, okay? Costa Rica? Yes, okay. And Louisville. All right, good deal. Thank you all. Thank you, Brother Clark.